Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Random Heathen Ramblings podcast, where we discuss all sorts of things dramatic heathenry related. My name is Jesse, and I am your host. Let's get into it. Right, everybody welcome 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 back to this week's episode and thank you for giving me the uh the opportunity to kind of reset myself reset some things and just think about the future of uh of the podcast as those of you who are watching this podcast already know um we are now going to be uh Featuring this podcast in video format exclusively here on on Patreon. Now, for those of you that are listening, either on Spotify or you know whichever other um, whichever other site platform that you listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever. Uh, thank you for your continued support here. Um, but there will be no other video versions of this podcast out i know maybe some of you folks on spotify uh, spotify especially have gotten used to the video uh podcast being up here and i am uh i am stopping that um indefinitely um at least for the foreseeable future but most likely indefinitely um and unless or until i i i see a, a big change in things with youtube then the video version of this podcast will not be going up on YouTube. If you didn't get a chance to see the state of the channel address, uh, which was a live stream last week, uh, then I will be linking that uh, down in the description of this video and in the show notes of the podcast for you folks to go over there on the YouTube channel and see um, kind of what brought me to this conclusion. Um, but I want to focus on putting out content to people that actually want to see it. All right. I'll still be using the YouTube platform to go and live stream here and there and, you know, maybe do some short form content here and there. Um, but uh, YouTube had, has really taken me into a realm of doing this sort of thing that I didn't think I ever wanted to get into doing uh, when it comes to the content schedule, you know, um, all of the short form content really focusing on the analytics, trying to beat the algorithm or trying to make sense of the algorithm and then having to, you know, change every week when the algorithm changes, you know, having to focus more on, on an algorithm than on content to me is not what it is to be a content creator. And YouTube has really screwed the pooch for not just me, but for a lot of other content creators. So, if you want to continue to support me in what I do in the video format, uh, then you will have to become a patron on Patreon. It is only a dollar a month, you know, so I'm not I'm not trying to, you know, impact people's lives financially or anything like that. But I have to put a value on what I do in my time with the podcast. And YouTube just simply wasn't giving me a return on my investment. Um, so you can go to the description or check the link, uh, you know, show show notes of the podcast to 
see the link for that live stream and catch up on all that information. I'm not going to bore you with details. Um, but as always, please follow me on all my socials. Again, I'm not leaving the platforms. I just am trying to focus the podcast video um, to here on Patreon. That way I know that people that actually want to see it get to see it and they see it in the time that works best for them. You know, uh, I was very diligent and have been very diligent about releasing my episodes every week at the same time. Um, and there's just not enough engagement during those live premieres either, to be honest, you know. Um, so, you know, if you're still listening to this podcast on the, on the audio platforms and nothing really has changed for you. Um, but if you're wanting to watch the video aspect of it, especially when I have guests and stuff on here, it's always fun to kind of see the folks, um, see what we're talking about, all that kind of stuff. There is an added element of interest uh, with the visual uh, aspects of a podcast. So if you want to see more of that, um, then just sign up to be a patron on Patreon for a dollar a month. That does help me uh, maintain a uh, you know an interest to want to keep doing these things in that format. Plus, you get end screen credit. You know, so everybody here on the on the Patreon platform that's watching me, thank you so very much. Your names appear at the end of this episode in the uh, kind of end screen credits. Uh, so thank you all so much for that. Um, as a quick reminder, um, this week uh, here in Middle Tennessee, in uh, in uh, Springfield, Tennessee, is the Shadow Mood event. So tomorrow, um, you know, here Friday is 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 going to be the first day. So if you're coming for the weekend, you you know, I'll I'll be seeing you there tomorrow. Uh, you know, late morning, early afternoon when we arrive. Uh, to set up our our vending booths, I'll be there reading runes. My wife will be there with some wood burning crafts and things that she's done over the years. Maybe a few new items, um, but we will be there Friday and Saturday for sure here at Shadow Moot. Um, if you're wondering where that is, it is in Springfield, Tennessee. The address is going to be linked also in the uh, show notes for you for those of you that aren't watching. Um, uh, and there's a Facebook event for that as well. Um, but it's in Springfield, Tennessee. The address is going to be linked down there. Uh, it's $45 for the weekend if you're going to stay all Friday, Saturday, and into Sunday. But if you want to show up just for one day, it's $20. And if you're going to show up any one day uh, of this event, then I would encourage you to show up on Saturday. That's when all of the main stuff is happening. That's when everybody who's coming in has arrived. And all the vendors will be there, all of the games, all of the classes, all of the everything, the ritual, the feast, um, the big feast, I mean, you know, um, you show up on any of those days, you're going to be getting fed uh, regardless. But yeah, $20 for the day, 45 for the weekend, children 12 and under come into the event for free. There are no pre-sale tickets, so you just show up and pay at the gate. Um if you're staying overnight, staying over the, you know, for camping, be sure to dress appropriately. It's supposed to be pretty, pretty nice and cool, feeling like a proper October evening um, up there in Springfield, Tennessee. So, you know, definitely bring enough uh, changes of clothes and, and covers, you know, things to cover you with, stay warm um, and be prepared for that. So uh, this week's podcast episode is going to be just kind of me covering a topic that I think um, doesn't really get talked about too much. Um, I've seen some conversations around it here, there, and everywhere. Um, but it's it, it's kind of one of those touchy ones, right? Because uh, we're, we're going to be potentially ruffling some feathers 
today and, and getting under people's nails and people under people's skin. So dogma. Okay. Um, and the idea of there being this, uh, you know, <clears throat> overarching or maybe underlying even set of rules or instructions that heathens are expected to live by. And is heathenry a dogmatic religion? Is there dogma in heathenry? You know, and I, I wanted to talk about this because, um, you know, uh, it's inevitable, you know, especially as you're scrolling through social media or if you get into a conversation with someone over long distance uh, or maybe even having conversations with individuals uh, in person, you're inevitably inevitably going to have topics arise and things come up that differences of opinions will be there. Um, and there will even be times, of course, that there's going to be those folks that will try and tell you that you, the thing that you're doing is wrong and that you're doing it wrong based off of xyz this thing or out of the other right so i did want to talk about this and the concept of dogma um in heathenry and is there a dogma in heathenry so before i get you know going into my mind on it um let's just remind ourselves the textbook definition of what dogma is so i think it's according to the uh cambridge dictionary now uh, dogma is a fixed, especially religious belief um, or set of beliefs that people are expected to accept without any doubt. Okay, and is and is and, it, and does that exist within heathenry? Right. Um, it's a, it it covers a bit more. I feel dogma covers a bit more of an orthodoxic um, mentality, um, orthodoxic meaning that your focus is on correct thought, right? What does the book say? What is what does this source or that or the other thing say? Um, versus orthopraxic ideology or orthopraxic beliefs, which heathenry is 100%, is I feel, a, an orthopraxic belief, an orthopraxic way, an orthopraxic religion. Um, correct action is more important important than correct thought or correct intent. And I'm going to get into more of what they mean by that here as the episode goes on. But um, yeah, so, you know, I think we see this thing happen or, or we hear about this sort of thing arising more when we either get into ourselves, the reconstructionist side of heathenry, uh, or any religion for that matter, if we're looking to reconstruct historical uh, stuff and, and, and apply it into a modern day, uh, you know, practice, um, or you see it with people that who already are that, um, and they can sometimes be the types of folks, not all, but they can sometimes be the types of folks that will be the ones to tell you that whatever it is that you're doing is that you're doing it wrong. And they may say it wrong in the sense of, you know, um, it's evil that you're doing it this way or that it's, you know, somehow morally reprehensible. It's, but it's that it's incorrect. You know, you're wrong for doing it this way because it is, it is just either historically or factually incorrect, you know. Um, and, uh, I, I, you know, I want to preface what we're going to be talking about today 
now that we, you know, kind of read the definition of dogma and, and, and know a bit about the slight variances or differences rather between orthopraxy and orthodoxy, right? Correct action versus correct thought. Um, what I do want to preface this all by saying is that I still stand by what I've always said, um, which if you've listened to my show or, or watched my show or, or been following me on my socials or met me in person for any length of time, you'll know that what I've been saying over the years is that, you know, there is no one who can tell you that your individual cultic practices, that the that, that what you're doing is wrong by any means you know the way that you practice the your individual cultic practice your hearth cult okay you've heard me talk about stuff like that before i use those terms interchangeably to mean the same thing right but the way that you do things um that should be what your that that is that is sovereign to you that is that is sacred to you and there is nobody that should be telling you that that is wrong that what you're doing is wrong okay um, they have no business doing that. And I have no business doing that. And I would not come onto this platform or anywhere else and say that, you know, the way that you do things, you know, Joe Smith over there, um, you're doing it wrong. So let me just preface what we're going to be talking about with, with that sort of, you know, disclaimer as it were. Um, what we are going to be talking about today though, are the seemingly dogmatic or, or, I'm going to use the term dogmatic again because it goes over, uh, you know, thoughts or, or or things that people are expected to do. Um, so the seemingly dogmatic parts of heathenry, you know. So what I've come to learn, <clears throat> or what I've come to discover, is that heathenry itself, right? If you want to just put a label to Germanic polytheistic beliefs and call it heathenry is not dogmatic however there are parts of heathenry there are things about heathenry that would be considered dogmatic in the context that i'm about to describe so there you know we we, we can't just lump into one category you know germanic polytheistic beliefs um and say that every person who is a Germanic polytheist, every person who is a heathen, every group that are heathen or, or heathens, right? Every group, tribe, kindred, right? Whatever name you want to put to them, um, that they all practice the same thing. They all do the same thing. They're all, they all read from the same sources. They're all doing it the exact same way. That's just not the case. There is nuance and there's going to be things about certain practices that, you know, when you talk about them to other heathens, they're going to likely know what it is that you're talking about, and they're going to be familiar with those terms, you know. Um, but the mechanics of it, how it's done, is not going to be exactly the same across the board. The parts that I believe I've come to learn, at least, the parts of heathenry that are or could be considered dogmatic are those things that have been established by that respective group or groups. Okay, so it's not going to be something that is just generalized for all Germanic polytheists. Um, but one particular group or tribe or kindred would have things set in place within the social construct that that group is 
And everyone in that social construct, everyone who is a part of that group, that tribe, that kindred, are expected to behave, to behave and do certain things as that group or collective does it. Okay? Um, and I'm just, again, kind of generalizing that part of things as an example. I'm not saying that all groups, all tribes, all kindreds follow that model. I'm saying that it, it would not be uncommon to become familiar with a tribe, with a group of people that are Germanic polytheists that, that would call themselves he heathens and have this sort of societal structure in place, right? I'll give you an example because I can know, I, I can speak to this because this is my tribe, right? My tribe, Hurithi folk, have set in place our customs, our thu, our traditions, right? As a group, as a collective, when we gather for said things, it is expected that everyone who comes and that is part of the tribe acts and does things in accordance with our thu and with our custom. It is dogmatic in that way, right? Because we have set those, those, uh, those standards, those rules, those regulations, that code, if you will, um, the guidelines, the basis of what we do and how we do it. That is our thu, that is our custom, and that is how people are expected to, to, to behave or, or to, to conduct themselves for those tribal affairs, for those group sort of sessions, okay? And it only applies to people who are clearly folk, who are the people of that tribe. All right. Anything that happens that is an open invite that is maybe hosted by us, but that is open to the public, that is not closed off to exclude anyone outside of the tribe. Um, of course, as you, you know, as you would come and celebrate or do things with us in that capacity, um, while you are not necessarily bound to the same uh rules and regulations as it were right the same uh through as as we are as as members of the tribe um you are still our guest and you would be expected to conduct yourself you know becomingly right and, and behave accordingly as a as a guest you know so um some of those things like i might suggest would be you know um if 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 our tribal custom is to exclude and not include Loki in our tribal rituals, then under no circumstances during our tribal uh, rituals do, do, is, is Loki hailed or is Loki mentioned in ritual. And therefore, any participants of the ritual should not be giving a gift to Loki, mentioning Loki, doing anything like that towards Loki, because, again, that is the custom, that is the tribe's through, and out of respect and out of, uh, yeah, out of respect of the tribe's customs, you wouldn't do that. That is what is expected of the tribe, and that is what expect, is expected of the guests who would be invited to such a thing, if such a thing were to happen, right? So another would be perhaps, you know, if, um, you know, if, if, if one of our holy tides of the year that we observe as a tribe is, is not open to anyone else, like if we want to have something and we want to invite people outside of the tribe for one thing, that or the other, right? But we have maybe one or two or whatever events of the year where we keep it closed off to just members of the tribe, then that is our custom. That is our through. And it would and it would go against the traditions and it would go against our custom to invite anybody from without the tribe's 
group in you know it would it would it would go against that and it would be um it would be it, it would go against that so we would we would expect the members to know what our laws and our customs are and to abide by them you know that is to what degree i feel that dogma exists in heathenry you know there's not this overarching belief that you know if you if you don't celebrate yule on a certain day of the year that you're going to incur the wrath of odin like or or or, or if you don't plant your crops on a certain day of the year that Frere will you know be mad and he won't bless your crops um or any such thing like that there's no overarching dogmatic theme that that heathenry has that i've learned to come across that would suggest that that is even a thing right it's not like in christianity or any of the other kind of judeo-christian or abrahamic faiths that have you know divine law in their in their sacred texts that say you know don't do this or else and you know um follow the commandments or or else you know all of these things that that are very dogmatic and and that no matter where you practice no matter who you are no matter where you are in the world if you are subscribing to those beliefs then it is expected of you to follow those laws and follow those things that's not how heathenry is on a much smaller scale however individual groups you know small collectives tribes etc that have laws customs through right that have those things in place um that is to the degree that i feel dogma is present in heathenry and for that reason you know if someone were to say you're doing that wrong you know it, it, it would only be i think it would only be uh, appropriate to do something like that if, if in the context of what i just described you know no, you can't do that. That's wrong to do that. You can't hail Loki during ritual. It's wrong to do that. Why? Well, because it's against the thought, the the laws of the of the tribe. You're not going to break one of those laws. Um, you're not going to break that custom just because you know you're feeling frisky or or whatever, right? Like that's you're that that's wrong. That's wrong for the tribe. It might be okay and fine for another group. It may be fine and okay for an individual of the tribe to do it in the confines in the sanctity and in the sovereignty of their own hearth and home okay that's the other thing you know all of the any any group that would want to infringe on an individual's freedom and uh, to practice how they want in the sanctity and in the sovereignty of their own hearth um that group is, is set up for failure um and, and and if you've ever come across a group like that or if you're thinking of joining a group and you find that that's the type of behavior that you know the group tries to to enforce where they have this say over its members individual cultic practices then you know head out the door find the nearest exit um run in the opposite direction get you know get away from those people that's not that's not the type of group that you would want to be associated with at least not by, by my suggestion um, that's not any group that I would want to be affiliated with. Um, and that's not how I would want a group that I'm with, uh, to be run or to, or to function. Okay. So if, if you're talking about that, which is to be expected, that, which is to be expected should be kept, I believe at the grassroots tribal level 
and that's it. That's as far as it, that's as far as it goes, you know, it shouldn't extend past that. Um, and it, it, I don't think it just, it doesn't fundamentally work that way for, for heathenry. Now, what about those folks that do stand by their defense? You know, that what you are doing is wrong. You're celebrating Yule in December. You're doing it wrong. Um, you're, 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 you're calling a feast, a festival that you're hosting in September in the, at the end of, of, of summer, you're calling it house bloat and you're wrong because that's not what it is, you know, or you're calling, you know, uh, this gift uh, exchange process that you're going through, right? When you're when you're gathering with your with your people and you're giving gifts to the gods, um, there's no animal slaughter, there's no blood present, but you're calling it bloat. Well, you're wrong, you know. Um, stuff like that. How do we how do we approach or how do we address that sort of thing? This is just my opinion. Okay, so please don't accept what I'm about to say as your response or what you should be thinking. Um, so my response to stuff like that is you are free to practice however you want. Okay, you are free to call something, whatever it is that you want to call it. You're free to do the thing that you want to do whenever you want to do it. Um, if it is factually incorrect, then you're just doing it wrong. It's not a derogatory thing to say. It's not a bad thing to say. It's not a thing that should offend you. If you're wrong, then you're wrong. Plain and simple. All right. It's not like the gods are going to strike you down or you're going to have bad luck or anything like that. I mean, just it's it's just wrong. OK. Facts are facts, you know, and if if we have historical sources, if we have documented historical sources that say. Free Christian. Yule in, in Scandinavia and, and before, right, the, the Germanic Yule was held in the middle of winter and it was held at a certain time on a certain full moon after so many moons after the winter solstice right after all of these things if we know that that is historically accurate and that is historically true there's been plenty of scholars there have been plenty of things that have been backing that up that say that that is true then to call and then to call yule uh and then to call your christmas celebration to call it other anything other than yule is just it's wrong you're just it's wrong okay you can call it something else. Um, and I know that nothing what I say right now is going to change things. I mean, people are still going to celebrate their Yule in December. They're still going to do it for 12 nights. They're still going to you know, do all of the things that they've been doing for however long they've been doing it. And they're not going to change that all of a sudden just because I said it. Reason why is because what, what, what I go back to saying before is that it was it is their custom to do it that way. Right now. Should they feel bad for being quote unquote wrong about it? No, it's not a dogmatic sort of thing. It's just you are factually incorrect. All right. People like to get people like to just get 
bent out of shape when they're told that they're wrong um, without even thinking as to as to where that's coming from. You know, I've 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 seen uh, the word frith being used wrongly, incorrectly. I've made corrections to that with people. I'm like, what you're talking about is not frith. And here's the reason why. Did they still go on and about calling things with their, that with you know uh, you know gathering in frith and this and that when it's you know, an online Zoom meeting? Sure, sure they are. Nothing that I say is going to change it. Nothing that anybody says, no matter where the facts point you, uh, as they could be blatantly laid out in front of your face. People are just going to do what they're going to do. Okay, but the fact is, is that when when it's brought up that well you're wrong for doing it that way, it it's not to be at least not from my angle and my approach on it, it's not to be condescending. It's just to be like, hey, you know what? You might not know this. Maybe you're just misinformed. Maybe you read an article somewhere. Maybe you heard something from someone who was also misinformed or uneducated or, or whatever, and they just didn't know. And so, you know, if you're calling it house bloat at the end of August or the middle of September, when that was not what it was ever called, and you're given that information and told about it in a way to try to educate you and you're getting offended by it because, well, people can do what they want to do. Like, well, sure, people can do what they want to do and they can be wrong about it. They can be incorrect about it. Take that knowledge, do with it, do with it, you know, whatever you want. Be happy in your incorrectness <laughs> for all I care. I, you know, it's all it is is like, but know the fact that if it's wrong, it's wrong. Nothing derogatory about it. You know, you got a guy like this that wants to, you know, make mention of, you know, modern Viking. And that you're a modern Viking because I wrote this really, really nice poem about it. Um, and, you know, it, it, it makes me feel all warm and fuzzy and I want to, you know, make other people feel all warm and fuzzy about it. Well, dude, you're wrong. None of us are modern Vikings. You're not a Viking. I don't care how great your beard is. I don't care how beautiful your hair is. I don't care how nice your smile is. I don't care. Just stop. It's 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 wrong to say that, you know? Now, is it dogmatic? No. This is, you know, but it, so it, it, it touches on other things, you know? Do we, do we have to continuously say when things like this happen that people are wrong for doing it? That's a choice. You know, every year we're going to see Facebook groups, Discord servers. We're going to see all kinds of social media groups and gatherings of people um, meeting in, in, in some sort of online group and, and, and calling, you know, the 12 Knights of Yule. No such thing in the historic sense, you know. Is it wrong? Factually, yes. Are they wrong? I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say that you're wrong for doing it. It's just wrong. It's just wrong to call it that. You know, you can be absolutely uh, invested in, in doing it that way. I, I know people who have their customs, their tribal customs is to do a 12 Nights of Yule sort of thing. That's how their traditions have been for years. No sense in stopping it now. It's what works for them, you know? If you're coming into this new and you're just doing it because that's what somebody else is doing, then, hey, I got news for you. It's not correct. It's wrong to call it that, according to historical sources, right? 
Now, if you don't care about that and you want to do whatever you're going to do anyway, have at it. It doesn't offend me, right? It doesn't bother me. Just realize that it's wrong. You know, it's factually wrong. You don't have to worry about pissing the gods off or, or, or whatever if you're doing it that way. It's not dogmatic to that degree. You know, now you join a tribe and maybe you're an individual who's been looking for a, a tribe or a kindred or a group. And, you know, I'm just using hypotheticals. OK, let's say you got a person who's been practicing their own way, doing their own thing, you know, observing a. Uh, you know, a wheel of the year, a Wiccan wheel of the year sort of approach to when they observe their holy tides and, and they've been doing that way for five years practicing solitarily and then let's say they find a group of germanic polytheists who take a very historical approach on when they observe their holy tides and they do it based off of the lunar solar calendar and they observe three major holy tides of the year not eight sabbats well if that person were to join that group you know it is expected now of that person to adhere to those customs it's not to say that they can't still observe things privately or in their own way, in their own individual cultic practices. If they want to, you know, observe Samhain or Mabin or Imbolc or any of the other, you know, Wiccan Sabbaths, then, hey, knock yourself out. You're not doing it here with us in the tribe, though, as a tribe when we gather together. We're not going to blend Samhain and Winter Nights, okay? We're not going to blend, um, you know... Uh, you know, a, a springtime festival with our cigar bloat, you know, that sort of thing. Like it's it's going to be the way we do it. That is our thu. That is our custom. You're going to be expected to do that and to do anything against that. You know, there's where the dogma comes in. Again, back to that whole grassroots tribal uh, layer or level of things. So, we, you know, when when we get into this whole, well, you're doing it wrong. Um, So what? So what if you're doing it wrong? Or so what if it's wrong the way you're doing it? Does it mean something to you? Okay. Now, that part of things is going to probably touch on some on very certain specific heathens, and probably not anybody that even listens or watches to this podcast, but you never know um, about what the thing I said there is that how you do certain things. I mentioned early on in the podcast about heathenry being orthopraxic. Correct action is more important than correct thought. Okay, doesn't matter what you think you want to do. It doesn't matter about your intention behind it. If you're doing it incorrectly, then, it, then you're doing it wrong, right? The orthopraxy is more important than the orthodoxy. You have to get it right, or at least as close to what we know is quote unquote right to begin with, right? There's, that's where some heathens get really, really um, vehement with their idea of right and wrong, right? If you're calling it bloat when there is no animal present, there is no blood you know, present, there's no animal sacrifice, there is no blood present. If you're not sacrificing the animal, consuming it, and using the blood uh, as, the, as the gift, then it is not bloat. Fact, right? That is what you're going to – that is what bloat is. If you're going to be gifting to the gods, if you're going to be offering other gifts such as food, drink, libations, any other sort of – gift you know then call it a gift call it a feigning call it an offering don't call it bloat that's where you're going to get some people that really stand 
hard and true with regards to the orthopraxy nature or the orthopraxic nature of heathenry. It's not bloat without animal sacrifice and blood. Okay. And don't call it other than, and don't call it that unless those things are, 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 are present, right? How it's done, the mechanics of, of how it's done are, are probably different because who knows how it was done. I don't think we have anything uh, very specifically written down about, you know, where the animal was facing when it was slaughtered, how it was slaughtered, you know, what was done in sequential order after it after it was slaughtered right all of these things there's nothing that specific that i know of at least documented anywhere that can back up any sort of uh orthopraxy for it but one thing is for sure is that you know for a lot of folks is that you don't call it bloat we're not going to bloat to the gods with um, with flowers and ale and and handcrafted items and incense and, and stuff like that we can offer to the gods we can perform a feigning a gift that sort of thing um but it's not a bloat unless we've got the the sheep or the or the cattle or the horse you know um it's just simply not that right um when it comes to ritual right the orthopraxy of of, of ritual right are we calling the quarters before ritual? That is not a heathen. That is not that. There's nothing heathen about that. There's nothing in in heathen con, uh, text that that suggests that that was a thing done by ancient Germanic heathens, right? There are certain bits of information that that maybe suggest, and this is this is again not even a hundred percent fact or, or or sure but there is this there is suggestion that the use of fire walking the perimeter of an area carrying fire was used to make sacred space not the calling of quarters right that's a neo-pagan wiccan thing probably has roots in some other beliefs as well that go back pretty far but as far as germanic uh pagan germanic polytheistic beliefs doesn't don't see it there you know so to say you know that a heathen ritual involves you know the calling of the calling of the quarters and um creating a, a circle with salt and all that like no can't can't do that either that's not that is incorrect that is wrong that's not a heathen thing so you don't call these things that way you know you don't use those terms to define them because that is technically wrong it's not a it's not a matter of dogma on the larger scale um and again dogma doesn't even come into the picture i think until you get more down to the grassroots you know level of things so and i always want to just can just you know reiterate the fact that you know it's not me sitting here telling you that if you practice yule at a you know at the end of december versus you know, end of January, beginning of February, or wherever in between the full moon lands uh, that time of year. You know, if you're not doing it that way, then you're doing it wrong, and you're wrong for doing it. I mean, if if I say that you're doing it wrong, then then don't take offense to that, right? It's it's historically wrong. It's historically inaccurate. Are you wrong for doing it differently? Hell no, absolutely not. You know, 
Um, if it works for you in your individual cultic practices, then, then don't let me or anyone else tell you differently. If you get aligned with other people who are doing things a certain way, then you are expected to adopt their traditions and, and do things the way that they do things at the level at which they do them. However that might be, okay? Just because I gave some examples earlier on how my tribe may do things doesn't it's not it doesn't speak to the overall larger heathen community you know every group's going to do things differently at least they should be doing things in 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 the way that their customs and their through has dictated so some things to keep in mind you know now i'm curious to hear what you folks have to to say and since this is restricted now only uh as far as the video goes to our patrons um i want to say thank you very much for watching this video and i'm anxious to hear what your thoughts are down in the comments and if you're listening to this episode and you want to share your thoughts on this video then all you need to do is sign up on patreon for a dollar a month the link is going to be in the link tree link in the description and show notes right so if you're in the listening audio only version of the podcast just head over to the show notes and there'll be a link tree link there and the patreon site is linked uh there so you just go make sure that you're following all my socials um and then sign up to be a patron on patreon and then once you do you'll have access to the video podcasts now uh going forward um so let us know what your thoughts are down below in the in the comments for all you patrons on patreon and um, if you're listening abroad and you want to share your thoughts and you don't want to subscribe just yet to the Patreon channel, uh, you can email me. It's MidgardMusingsTN at gmail.com, or you can call into the hotline. That's 615-671-9832. Um, if you call in and you leave a voicemail and you want to have your uh, voice heard on the, on the airwaves here on the podcast, then just know that unless you say otherwise, unless you give me some sort of indication that you do not want your voice heard on the podcast and i will be listening and sharing your thoughts uh, for the audience here so they can hear what your feedback and, and your thoughts are as well so that concludes this week's episode i'm anxious to hear what you all thought of it so reach out to me in whichever way you can um, you can also dm me on my socials uh best way to get a hold of me is either on the facebook page or or, or instagram um twitter not so much but you can try um, but any which way, your support is greatly appreciated. Hail especially to my patrons who are helping make this content possible. Until we see each other on this next episode, may the gods continue to notice you. And may your ancestors smile upon you. A very special thanks to my patrons on Patreon for making this video podcast possible. Thank you to Bradley Shelby, Taylor R., Janet King, Vanilla Heat, Angelica Richter, 29 Outsider, Billy McKinley, Christopher Martino, Brian Porcorny, Solo Wolf underscore 719, Sigan, Cliff Warbor, Kristen Louise, and John Rachie. If you're listening and you would like to become a patron on Patreon and support this podcast video production, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash Midgard Musings. Thank you so much.